Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popcher podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopcher. One of the one of the most interesting things about doing this podcast for, for and for as long as we've we've done it now as well is like it's a really interesting mental exercise to routinely become like obsessed with a certain franchise or like mythology or property and then after the two weeks is done immediately push it aside (laughs) like like you wrote a a two a two hour two and a half hour mission impossible episode yeah we'd thought about mission impossible since then hellraiser do you still think about hellraiser much yeah yeah a little bit (laughs) a little bit but I, I bring this up because um, this is the first episode I've emceed in, in a month, and um, yeah, it's on Final Destination. This, is, of course, is film franchise Fortnite's on the Cult Pop Podcast, uh, and where we sorry we we talk about franchises on this on this podcast. That's what we do. Hmm. Uh, and uh, this is your is this your first time being the MC for a horror franchise? I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was up till. Um, 3.22am writing the following podcast you're about to hear, dear listener. And as I was doing it, I was like- You haven't sent me my lines. Sorry, dude. You'll figure them out. Just- What's what is he saying back to the future where he's like, All right, watch me for the changes and uh try to keep up. Oh yeah, it's a blues riff and B, uh watch me for the changes and uh try to keep up. That's what podcasting with each other is like, you know. Um so my name's AJ and this of course is Richard. Um and this podcast, this episode, we're talking about the five film Final Destination series. Uh, which I had seen the first three of before and have always been really fascinated by, but kind of lost interest in them as they as they went on. So this podcast has has served a good purpose in finally making me watch a series I was relatively interested in, you know. Yeah. I'm the same, like being a uh, uh, you know i've said many times i am like not a big fan of horror but this franchise has kind of almost gotten me into it <laughs> like this this yeah. podcast on the whole like mm. i've i've watched i mean i've watched some terrible horror films and i've watched some pretty good ones as well and now i'm like you know what i could probably watch a few of these yeah no i was going to say that i'm very proud of you that you've You've um, conquered your fear of and and distaste for horror movies, and have actually like watched nearly a hundred <laughs> by this point, probably. Yeah, I would have actually, because you think twenty Freddy vs Jason, uh, eleven Hellraiser, ten. Um, uh, what was the thing? Ten, eleven, eleven Halloween, ten Hellraiser. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, five Final Destinations, four Screams. That's fifty right there. Yeah, there you go. 
Um, so let's just crack into it, Richard. You know, oh, by the way, just in case this comes up later, uh, the Christchurch where I'm recording this from is currently in the midst of a of a wind, <laughs> a windstorm, oh, in a the hurricane, of a wind. or something. It's very warm, and I really like warm days where it's windy. But I'm spending this warm day where it's windy inside. I'm talking to you. Um, but so I don't know if if the wind picks up later and you hear a door slam in the distance, that's why. But it, I think it's all good. I think I've I've I think my sound setup is all good so far um before we do crack into it though i do just want to say if you have been listening to this podcast for a wee while now (laughs) please remember to hashtag spread the cult and tell two friends about this podcast post it on facebook post it on reddit that would help us Mm. and just get posted on the av club if you listen yeah all those guys from the av club please share this with your friends now that i've finished whoring myself out Let's crack on into it, Richard. All right. <laughs> it's the final destination, destination. episode of <laughs> Four Nights. Yeah, cool. this is this is momentous. This is a big. This is like this feels like a tentpole in in the lore of franchises. You know. So, mm. all right, I'll stop pussyfooting around and get into it. The yeah, final pussy. destination franchise is a series of five horror splatter thriller films which all follow the same simple setup and if you've never seen them before that simple setup is a group of people are saved from a fatal accident after one of the people in the group has a premonition uh, and then they find themselves dying one by one in the following weeks or months in increasingly more horrific accidents as if the very force of death is coming after them um the series is famous for its rube goldberg machine style ways in which the characters meet their demise where one seemingly inconsequential event will lead to another until it results in a character getting a ladder railing to the eye or cut into pieces by a wire fence that kind Mm. of thing so it's well there are other things it's not just those two for sure yeah yeah every death in the series is one of those two (laughs) like maybe we should keep away from ladders Um, (laughs) so the series stars a few household names or at the very least people you may recognize but not know their names uh this includes sean william scott who's in the first film ali larter who is in the first and second film mary elizabeth winstead who's in the third film and david kochner who's in the fifth film uh a few of them also star tony todd as the mysterious mortician um he is famous i believe for playing the candy man which is another horror icon okay. we have yet to has, cover has mary elizabeth winstead been in a previous franchise we've covered i feel like she hasn't yeah mm. i don't think we so. will yeah. get to some, some oh actually do you know what <laughs> she's what? in live free or die hard <laughs> um uh which I've covered on the podcast before. Wow. But it hasn't been released. No but, one's um, heard it. Yeah, because I was <laughs> going to say that um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Sean William Scott, and who, who was the other one? Oh, and Ali Lada have all been in previous films mm. covered on the podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. Sean William Scott is obviously Stifler in American Pie, and Ali Lada is hey, hey. the... Yeah, she's from Legally Blonde. Just say it. You're, cu- you're, yeah. you're cutting into my um, randomly placed useless statistics. <laughs> further down the list um i'm being a bad podcast (laughs) one person that doesn't star in these films though is ashley tisdale despite the fact that she apparently auditioned for a role in the last three films 
<laughs> and they didn't sure. give it to her. She she auditioned <laughs> for someone who dies in the first scene of Final Destination 4, sorry, the Final Destination, and is never seen again, and still didn't get that role. <laughs> so I don't know why the producers don't want someone as bankable as Ashley Tisdale in their film. But you know what? That's also well, from IMDb and may not be true, because how can how much can we trust IMDb trivia? Yeah, well, like, maybe she... Um because, yes, the, the, the Final Destination, what was that, 2009? Mm-hmm. And the first Castle Musical was, like, 2007. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess she would have been. But Because um, it would have been, like, you know, similar to, like, the Scream kind of thing. Like, get, like, a bankable actress and kill her off on the first scene. Mm. I, saw Final, I saw High School Musical in 2006, dude. Just to be pedantic. I saw it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I was wondering if you would, like, mm. back me up. I was like, yeah, what was it, like, 2007? And I was like, no, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> stitch you up now. I'm gonna rinse you. Um, all right. So the five films um, began in the year 2000, um, just before j- a year before they couldn't make a film about a plane crash. Um, so they just eked hmm. across the line. So that film was, of course, called Final Destination. It was directed by James Wong. Uh, it has 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so not well, very that's good. cool that you didn't let me guess. Sorry, did you want to guess? Yeah. I just assume you always look them up beforehand, so I didn't want to oh. allow you the opportunity uh, anymore. Let me guess. Okay, what do you think it is? I reckon it'd be like, uh, like just below fresh, like 50-something. It's 34. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to guess 34 and then I would have been like, you looked it up beforehand, but you went in a different direction and it's my responsibility as a comedian to follow where you take the joke instead of reeling it back in as I'm doing now. <coughs> yeah, and explain what I mm. what you yeah, thought yeah, I was exactly. Um, what is Final Destination about, Richard? Can you summarise the extraordinary complicated plot that is Final Destination? I'm being sarcastic. Um, well, I mean, like, you've, you've literally... Um, it's like Mad Libs of what you've already said. Yeah. So, Shall I put um, it another way? What is the initial accident that one of the characters sees and what happens in the end is basically all you yeah, need to yeah, do. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, you've got, um, like, now, a, like, person's name has a premonition while on, and then it's like, yeah. yeah. So, um, can't remember the guy's name, but he Alex. has a premonition. Huh? His name's Alex, because he's, he's Alex. my name. <laughs> Alex uh, has a premonition of a plane crash. Um, well, it, it more like a plane like explode. It doesn't crash into anything. Yeah. It kind of just disintegrates in the sky. Um, and then while he's on the plane, and then when he comes out of the premonition, all these little things start happening exactly like he predicted. And so he freaks out and basically says, "We have to get off the plane." And him and his schoolmates are going to Paris. And then. They kind of all get kicked off the plane. Everyone else is pretty reluctant to leave. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then as they're all arguing at the airport, they see the plane take off without them and it explodes in the sky just as he foresaw. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they all start dying in mysterious ways, starting with their friend Todd. And Alex gets like a some kind of sign that Todd would die while he was dying and so then they work out that they can kind of predict who is going to die next because it's all based on what order they would have died in the plane crash and then Mm. eventually it ends amazingly what am I like (laughs) these films have real good endings 
Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, the the first one's probably my favorite though. It's like one of my favorite film endings because they they find out that you can like skip someone. So yeah, you've got like five. If you gonna- save someone just before they're about to die, yeah. death will skip them. Death will death will skip them, and they're like, oh, cool, I'm free, I can never die. Uh, and then it's like it cuts like six months later. There's three of them still alive, and then he realize Alex realizes, oh shit, wait, it's not over, and this sign f- starts to fall and kill him. And then his friend, who's also still alive, saves him. And he's like, wait, but if you're still like gonna die, then who's next? And like while he says this, this giant sign is like swinging towards him, about to kill him. <laughs> Because he was yeah. skipped, and it's like if the list is then repeated, he's now at the top of it. Yeah, um, and yeah, and then it cuts to black, and then you hear it crash. Hmm. And it's very funny. Yeah, we'll get more into the specific deaths. Um, not all of them are worth talking about, but we'll mention a few of them after the film synopses section is over. So uh, three years later, in two thousand three, we got Final Destination two. That was directed by D- David R. Alice. What does that have on Ron Tomatoes? Uh, I'm going to go 40. 48. So yeah. considerably higher than 34%. Yeah. yeah, I figure it's it's higher than the... It, yeah, I imagine it'll be higher than the first one, but still not fresh. No. St- yeah, none of... Spoilers, none of these are fresh. <laughs> like, they, they just... They barely, they barely um, peak above the line. But the, I think you've got to review the Final Destination films in context with each other. They're not right. about films in general. They're about where they sit with each other, kind of. Because they're horror films, you know. No horror film is... Well, barely any horror films are rated fresh. So, uh, what mm. is Final Destination Two about? Well, same setup. You've got premonition and everything, and this time it's like a a massive pile up on a highway um, when a a truck carrying a bunch of logs breaks, and so she has the premonition. They're driving behind it. Uh, but one thing that this film did that I was really, I was like, oh fuck, that's a really cool twist. Is that? Uh, she has the premonition and then they stop everything but then all of her friends in the car with her still die Mm. and so now it's like her trying to cheat death with all these random strangers because i was like i actually like said oh here we go again you know you got like all your sexy teens that are gonna like you know get in bikinis and avoid death and they all died and i was like okay this is actually really <laughs> clever and this has actually really subverted my expectations um yeah. ali character from the first one comes back because she was the only person to have fully cheated death she uh checked herself into a psychiatric ward where she'd be completely safe and basically you know they try and cheat death but i am correct me if i'm wrong this is like the only time where we actually have survivors there's two that we yeah we'll, that, we will get into that later um yeah but yeah basically the way the so each film is kind of the the familiar setup you know and well with one or two caveats put on this yeah. so in the second one the second one's definitely the most um 
The second one, I feel like, is the one that changes the most and explores the the rules the most. So the two things that yeah. the the second one is more is like notable for is um, death is now working in reverse of who would have originally died because the reason it's after these people specifically is that they were all meant to die before, but the survivors of the flight from the first film interacted with them in some way and inadvertently saved their lives between yeah, like after all, they should have died. Yeah, all the deaths in the first one somehow met, yeah. elongated the lives of the people of the survivors yeah. yeah yeah so it's death is course correcting so he's working backwards through it um and the other thing they work out in this film is the is their so in the first film they're like oh the way to cheat death is to save someone just as they're about to die and that skips them and this film it's um new life where from someone who should have died will break the chain so they think it's a pregnant woman who should have died giving birth she gives birth but then they realize she wasn't actually ever gonna die so the main character um kimberly she um drives a truck into the water and drowns and then is then resuscitated so she does technically die but then comes back and so life new life breaks yep. the chain yeah sweet so and then yeah the, the her and the cop who was like who was there um at, at the scene of the accident they end up both surviving yeah yeah and yep. they're the and that's the only time that someone survives and we never hear from them again maybe maybe richard i'll let you know in about an hour <laughs> because <laughs> that's how long it's going to take us to get there all right three years later again we had final destination three in 2006 james wong the director of the first film once again returned to direct the third film and what does this have on rotten tomatoes uh i'm gonna go like 36 it has 43 okay. percent. so still more than the first one but uh, not as good as the second yeah, one. Yeah, so I was, what is? I was going between yeah. the two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Final, what's Final Destination Three about? What are the things that make that one special and different from the other ones in the series? Okay, so this one is the the accident is a roller coaster derailing, but the thing that makes this one different is it's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. None of the other ones mm-hmm. do. But um, the the cool thing about this, and this is one of those things that like I almost wish they'd introduced in this one and they kept going is that they were taking a bunch of pictures all night and the pictures um when they look at the pictures of each person and they have clues to how they're going to die and they they work that out and then they try to use those to you know yeah save each other so so for example two girls who burned to death in a tanning salon their photo was obstructed by what looks like flame like a like a random lens flare in the photo Mm. makes it look like they're on fire in the photo um another character um is shot in the head with a nail gun and her photo is someone pointing a a pretend gun at her head so that kind of thing so they they work it out um and that film ends with them seemingly cheating death only to find themselves dying on a subway yeah she um, has another premonition while on a subway that she's gonna die but then has no way of avoiding it yeah exactly all right so yeah that was that one and then another three years later we got um the final destination right cool so this is the last one (laughs) Yeah, you'd think so. Um, and this was directed once again by David R. Alice. And according to IMDb, our trusty source, this is the only film franchise in which two directors trade off films back and forth, apparently. <laughs> so um, David R. Alice yeah, direct, returned from Final Destination 2 to direct this one. What does this have on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 
Uh, I like 13. I wish. It's got 28%. Really? Okay. It deserves 13. <laughs> <laughs> what is this film about? Um, so the accident of this one is they're at a speedway and, you know, um, cars are sliding around. They're making dolphin noises when they do so. Um, <laughs> it's actually a dolphin noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's on IMDb again in the trivia section yeah. of this film. It's like, it's a dolphin noise. And it's like, yeah, everyone could tell it's a dolphin noise. <laughs> yeah. So a, a car is like skidding in oil. And as it drives away, it goes like, ah! <laughs> it's like the um, the SpongeBob censoring sound yeah. effect. Um, yeah. But yeah, so there's like a speedway crash and- it, you know, the cars fly Decimates. into the audience and everything like that. And then, sure enough, someone has a premonition and uh, get a bunch of people out. You don't even need to say what happens in the ending because this is the, this is the least creative one in the, in the yeah, whole Yeah, wh- what's like... Because I know that they do... Oh, he has, like, visions at night. Yeah, so yeah. he has, like, dreams at night that all and this was one thing that was kind of cool at the end of it is that um all of his dreams have the word it's here mm-hmm. so it'll he'll have like these flashes of random things and he and you know they work out that death's doing an order and then it'll be like it's here and then so but and then at the end of the film what's the accident that, that gets them all at the end a truck crashes into their cafe and oh, crushes yeah. them all yeah, one but he's by like, one yeah, and then oh yeah, and it cuts to like the credits, and you see yeah. them like their skeletons. It's it's real dumb. The um, the main thing you got to know about the final destination is it was essentially a vehicle when 3D first came back. So this whole movie oh, is yeah, just yeah. a masturbatory 3D fest, and it it yeah. sucks. I hated this one. It sh- it shows, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like right at the end of the film, he's sitting in a cafe and they realize, wait a minute, it's not over. Because he sees like scratched into the desk, he's into the table he's sitting at. So he's like, it's coming, it's crossed out. And he starts to move his hand and it's you can tell it's about to say it's here. And then he gets yeah. hit by a truck. So yeah, that's that one. And then only two years later this time in 2011, we got Final Destination 5. There's no Final Destination 4, but okay. Uh, and this was directed by Stephen Quayle. What does this have on Rotten Tomatoes? 60. This is 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. This so is, it is rated fresh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. T- yeah, true. Um, so this is the highest rated of the series, the fifth one. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, um, yeah. What yeah, is there's this- a very specific reason why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is this film about? So the premonition accident on this one is that um, they're they're on a field trip or something, are they? They're on a business trip because they're, they're young on- adults. They're yo pros in this one, <laughs> um, and they're going and the, the bridge they're on collapses. Basically, yep. it's a, it's like a big suspension bridge, um, not unlike the Golden Gate Bridge, and it basically just fucks out and collapses. Mm-hmm. And then um, what's the like? So there's the, two caveats to this one that we should mention yeah. and then we can move on. Yeah. The one caveat is they work out that the way to cheat death is to murder someone and you take their life. So oh, yeah. you they die in your place and you take their life. So, you know, obviously one of them goes crazy towards the end and starts trying to kill one of them because one of them actually survives in the premonition. So she's actually safe the whole thing. And the other thing that's significant about this film um, and the, from here on out we'll be talking spoilers for a film that actually has quite a uh, clever... <laughs> Uh, twist oh it's it. great it's, um, one, it's one of the best yeah yeah um at the end of the film you 
you you the two survive or there's actually three surviving characters but two of them get on a plane and then they see the events of the first film like pan out and it turns out this whole film has been a prequel it's been set in the year 2000 if you look closely you'll see they use old phones and old computers all the way through it and so the main characters thinking they've cheated death actually die in the flight 180 plane explosion from the first film the only character who's left alive um at this point is a dude who accidentally killed a co-worker and so he took his life um but then he finds out that the co-worker had an inoperable brain tumor and he could have died at any moment meaning that the life he took was only partially increased and then a piece of debris crushes him and that's <laughs> final destination five um yeah so yeah, overall, the series um, received mixed to negative reviews. Um, <laughs> what you'll see over and over when you read about this stuff is people praising the creativity of like the kinetic death sequences and the originality of not having death portrayed as a living person, but rather like a external force. Um, yeah. But a lot of critics think basically the series is just really fucking dumb and cynical and pointless um there's there's mm. like philosophy yeah. papers that have been written on the series um and they note that that four out of the five stories have tragic endings where the characters die anyway meaning they may as well have just stayed on the plane or the roller coaster to begin with um and the hopelessness of the series is kind of intriguing the first or second time you see it but when it happens it keeps happening after a while it's just a real bummer and so people are like there's no point there's no agency there's no suspicion because you can't cheat death um so that's Which is, i mean that's life isn't it yeah but death also in real life isn't uh, it doesn't really have agency death is more random than it is presented in these films um which is, they, these aren't my words these are the these are something i read um and i'm not even gonna credit them because i can't remember where i read. go on the wikipedia page for final destination 3 that's where i get my sources from <laughs> um so richard what are your thoughts on the franchise as a whole what is your favorite film and how would you rank them oh all right um i yeah as i said uh, at the start that you know horror isn't really my jam but films like this especially like scream like the first scream i would rank in like my top five favorite films i've ever seen um and i yeah these films i really even when they're bad i really enjoyed them and i said to you the other night like i can't imagine not having a good time watching one of these Mm. like these kind of films are their own and you get this with like kind of all schlocky horror is that when they get too bogged down on like trying to have a good story that's when they they kind of start to suck but mm. i mean these films they, they're never concerned they have they have a, a great premise i, I think anyway like like a, a, a fun clever yeah, premise and you can just it's, it's like i said it's mad libs you just take you just chop and change whatever mm. you feel like and yeah. yeah, you would have to really fuck up to make one of these not fun to watch. But for, yeah. you know, the podcast's sake, uh, we'll rank them. <laughs> so uh, the the first one does have a lot of charm to it. And, you know, by being the first, it's it's kind of got a, a bit of a leg up because it is the yeah. same plot every time. So um, I'll probably go first one first and then... Final Decision 3, because I love the mechanic of the the clues. Because that, that's one thing that, like, if you'd asked me uh, what Final Destination was about two weeks ago, I would have said, oh, and then they have clues that they try to find out which one. Because that was one of the things that I thought was in all of them. They do, they do all have 
um, clues. It's just the photos are the most um, plot devicey of all the clues. Like, yeah, you have premonitions exactly, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So then I'd go, yeah, three and then probably five because cause the ending elevates a lot. And, and it's got a couple of really good death scenes. Like, that's one that I can see because obviously they didn't plan on doing another one after four, judging by the title. But you can see why a new voice came into it. It was like, no, I have one that's good enough to make. And they were like, yeah, well, it is good enough. And so, and then I got that. And then two is where we start to get bogged down a bit with the story. So it wasn't quite as fun, I thought. And then four is just objectively the worst one. Mm. So you you have quite a different ranking to the the critics because the critics go five, two, three, one, four. And so you go one three five two four so that's pretty interesting yeah yeah um, all right i'd probably okay having said that <laughs> because i thought oh i have to you know put number one as one um I, i'd probably actually go like three five one two four wow you liked three a bit more than me i think um but overall yeah. the series i think you know, the, the likability of mira elizabeth winstead right yeah and she the is good mechanic of the um photos yeah yeah um so I enjoyed yeah for me overall i'd say the um you kind of have to take a lot of the series with a grain of salt you kind of do have to view them as like dark comedies um and this is a problem we've seen mm. in a lot of slasher films is like traumatic experiences such as watching your friend die in front of you these kinds of things are often immediately swept over and in, in favor of moving the plot forward like sean william scott gets decapitated and 10 seconds later alex is like it worked why your death skipped you to, to the guy who survived it's like your fucking friend just died dude <laughs> this they are really funny movies like yeah 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 w- once you start viewing them as comedy as like comedies of errors like a, you yeah know, yeah they're just like oh man i can't believe how silly that was that that happened then yeah. that's that's like how you crack them to being really enjoyable yeah um a more realistic portrayal of the series i think would depict a lot more like a lot would show a lot more funerals because people just move on um there'd be a lot more ptsd a lot more people just frozen in place unable to move for days and a lot more state a lot more scenes of characters giving statements to the police after various deaths um there are a couple but there should be one after every death that someone sees um and instead yeah, they would just be boring yeah yeah exactly instead the characters are like damn another one bites the dust oh well <laughs> who's next <laughs> like it's so, like yeah um so yeah. but at the same time like i can understand that because if you've got this unknown force yeah. coming after you and you're and you're shown through all of your friends that it's completely inevitable you you do kind of your next port of call is mm. i need to save myself mm. yeah for sure i get that um so first place for me is a toss-up between the first second and fifth film um the third one to me is kind of the stale point of the series i think uh and the fourth one is a hot pile of garbage um a lot of people seem to prefer the second one to the first uh and i think i understand that a lot of people would say it like improves on it but i just really love in the first film how there's a definitive map which shows the order in which the survivors will die it's play it's shown on the screen it's like this is why the plane crashed and the plane exploded and there was a short circuit in this chair that led to this chair and followed the wiring and alex traces it and that's like a definitive map this is the order of how people are going to die and the other ones it's just remembering from a premonition 
premonition, which I wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, I wouldn't be able and, to, and to remember. The premonitions are all shown in like third person, so yeah, exactly. it's like, are you remembering what's happening in other people's cars? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I also in the first one, I really, really, I think this is what I like almost just as good as the it was a prequel twist um in the first film alex believes he's next on the list but then while he's like hiding away he remembers that he actually switched seats on the plane and so it means it means um uh what's her name's next what's what is her name clear yeah c-l-e-a-r clear (laughs) like like not not how you spell clear but that's how you spell it in this Um, and people people pronounce it like that as well they go clear hey clear not clear Um, yeah, exactly. And I just thought that was a brilliant piece of writing because you see it at the start. You see someone try to um, sw- switch seats with him and he does. And then like, so it's it's a it's a good callback because it's like a seemingly meaningless thing that actually plays into the climax of yeah. the film where he realizes he's actually got to save Claire. I thought that was really a really, really yeah, good Because he changes um, seats in the premonition, but not in real life. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so... The last minute twists in the other films I don't think are as elegant or simple. Like, oh, I switched seats in the premonition is great. Where in the second one, um, the pregnant woman who never actually died in the original crash is just ham-fisted in there as like Kimberly having a last minute vision after the baby's born. She's like, wait a minute. She like has a premonition then and there and sees the pregnant woman like step out from the rubble and she was alive the whole time. And they're like, oh, it doesn't count then. New life was always going to happen, which just is it's never a good twist when it's relying on something that's immediately revealed to you instead of something that has been hinted at the whole way through or like signposted at the start. Right. Yeah. The fifth film is so great. I loved the fifth. I thought I, I thought it was going to be like marginally better than the fourth film, but it's actually like borderline my favorite one um it's ostensibly like an updated remake of the first film as well with like crazier deaths and i think it's the perfect combination of the original film's tension and the later film's splat stick you know like it balances the the fear that you feel in the first films with how fun and silly they get um and the reveal that we're actually watching a prequel to the original film makes it already smarter and well thought out than than the fourth film um and I really like that the final showdown where Peter reasons that he has to murder Molly um, in order to take her life only for him to kill the cop and then Sam kills him, meaning he gets an extra life. That's good plotting. That's a good way to go, all right, how can we take this extremely limited scope that that Final Destination's rules give us and actually make a compelling climax with it? Because Mm. it's not just they're chasing death, there's a human antagonist by the end, which is really cool. Um, What I think is really interesting, though, is that it almost feels like Stephen Quayle. So this is the only film Stephen Quayle directed out of the four, the five. The other four were directed by either David R. Alice or James Wong. But it feels like Stephen Quayle um, understood the material after like monitoring the table tennis game between, <laughs> between James Wong <laughs> yeah, and David yeah. R. Alice and knew how to combine the best from, from the previous films. Um, as I said before, the only thing that this film doesn't have is like that succinct map that's from the first film of how everyone dies. He's still just remembering it. But it, it does feel like, it almost feels like this, sequel should have come out 10 years after the last one and just been like a love letter to it because it is you know it's like Mm. this is what made the first one good this is what people come to them for let's combine them together because the fourth film is so is just 
it's so thin it's so substance lacking you know yeah. and so it's it like it rebounds from that in a really cool way the fifth film is also the only one of the five to even vague be vaguely praised by critics and i read some critic reviews for the film and people absolutely love the effects and the 3d people are like the 3d is great in this one uh, and the bridge collapse scene yeah. it was like regarded by a lot of credit critics as being like one of the best scenes of the year in it was good and that's like the longest one it's like the first yeah. 20 minutes of the film is just the disaster yeah exactly um i think also final destination 5 deserves a place in the film franchise Fortnite's hall of franchise anomalies for probably being the best improvement upon a previous installment in a series i don't recall another fr- i could be wrong but i don't recall another franchise going from the by far worst received film in the series to the by far best received film in the series i can't think of another one mm-hmm. at least not with this with this many sequels um mm-hmm. all right so the final destination the fourth film with its like poorly paced 80 minute runtime it breezes by as bad as it is um it's got like it's got like a horribly written script um it's also like one of the most dated movies one of the most recent dated recent movies i've ever seen because of how 3d it wants to be and of course it's ugly title which ruins the flow of the rest of the series and makes it all feel like it's an amusement park ride like you go to warner brothers movie world and it's like the final destination experience it you know because it's so gimmicky and also the worst thing about it i thought was the climax takes place in a cinema and all the movies are like fake movies and it's like am i watching drake and josh what is going on these aren't this it didn't feel real when you have to like put so many fake cheesy film posters in a cinema i don't know it just it reeked man i hated it (laughs) um I've got one piece of dumb IMDb trivia for The Final Destination. Um, So there's a scene in the film where an elderly man in the hospital says to his Asian doctor, you know how many of your kind I killed in Korea? The man replies, I'm Chinese. But the Chinese did fight on the ground in Korea, so he may have killed some. (laughs) It's the (laughs) greatest thing I've ever heard. Um, (laughs) I mean, to me, the fact that I've saved the third one till last kind of speaks, it's that i don't know i found it kind of dull um other than what i would regard as the most unwatchable brutal death scene in the whole series which was the tanning bed scene which when i first saw it disturbed me beyond belief when i was like yeah i would have been like 11 when i first saw it i was like because that was one that i knew about i knew everyone was like oh that one's the worst i Mm. i thought it was pretty funny (laughs) like yeah i'm watching it now it wasn't as bad as i remember and also the um the, the cut at the end of it was like phenomenal oh yeah so, yeah, it's, it's like an aerial shot of the two tanning beds and then it match cuts to their two coffins being lowered to the ground and it's yeah. like beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also really liked um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. I, I, I guess I just found it fairly unremarkable compared to the others. Um, but you're right, the, photos, the photo plot device is cool. All right. So now we're going to move on, Richard, to randomly placed useless statistics. I'm just going to put these in random parts of the episode from now on. Um, So as you said before, this is our second franchise in which Sean William Scott appears in at least one film, the first being American Pie. This is our second franchise in which Ali Larter appears, the first being Legally Blonde. Um, This is our second franchise in a row in which a character gets their hand stuck in a garbage disposal, rising the tension of the scene, only for them to remove their hand unharmed before a immediately being killed by something else (laughs) that happened in halloween h20 h20 and final destination 2 um 
this is our second franchise which either did or was going to star Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Um, they were originally looked at for Alex and Claire. Oh, yeah. Which I can imagine Kirsten Dunst as Claire, but can you imagine Tobey Maguire being like, oh, death skipped me. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is our second franchise which contains a character named Shrek. Uh, there's a police officer called, or yeah. an agent called Agent Shrek. Uh, and if we ever do the Batman films, we'll have done three film, three, three franchises with a Shrek because Max Shrek, I think, is in Batman Returns. He's played by Christopher Walken. Mm. Um, all right, this is the last statistic I've got and the most confusing. Uh, so you know how when we have a trilogy, we'll be like, this is the 12th trilogy we've done. Da, 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 yeah. da. Five is the magic number for confusing ways of wording this so strap in because this gets a bit heavy-handed all right so if you count the original five earbud films as one franchise the current five transformers films before bumblebee is released later this year the five spider-man movies we covered before homecoming or into the spider-verse the the five twilight films the five jungle book films the five shrek films and the five scary movie films this is our seventh five film franchise however jurassic park has since become a five film franchise but we have yet to cover fallen kingdom of this po- on this podcast uh if you count jurassic park as a five film franchise final destination is our eighth five film franchise but if you don't count spider-man or transformers since they no longer only have five film franchises then this is our fifth five film franchise and if you don't count earbud as only five then this is our fourth five film franchise right okay well so out because earbud transformers scary movie and final destination although those are the only ones that have like one to five right Yep. Yeah. Okay. No. Then no. You've got way more. You've got Twilight, Jungle Book, and Shrek. As oh, well. Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. Those. Those. Yeah. And Twilight. Those would be the like, those. Those five are the purest like, um, yeah. you know, pentologies. Yeah. Because I mean, like Transformers is now getting is is a spinoff. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah like, but they have. I mean, even like Scary Movie, and Transformers for the next month, <laughs> and. and twilight other like in this year anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. it's confusing you're right yeah it's, it's f- f- there's something about the number five that makes it not fun for the statistic yeah and also um, the, the thing about that um with sean william scott is that like in this in this franchise and american pie he appears in the original and the most recent one but not all of the <laughs> ones in between. Ah, true yeah 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 um okay so you may or may not know this. I think I've told you this before, or maybe you've just come across it in your studies. Um, probably the most interesting thing about the concept for the original film was that it was actually originally an unused script for an episode of The X-Files. Did you know this? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So that script, the episode, was written by Jeffrey Reddick after having read a story about a woman who was on a vacation and her mum called her and said, don't take the flight tomorrow. I have a really bad feeling about it. The woman switched flights and the plane she was originally supposed to take crashed. Reddick decided to turn the script into a feature length film at the behest of one of his New Line cinema colleagues. So he wrote this X-Files episode and some guy at New Line was like, don't fucking give this to the X-Files. <laughs> like, just, just make it into its own thing. <laughs> um uh, so after reading the spec script, New Line Cinema hired Reddick to write the screenplay. James Wong and Glenn Morgan, who are also like renowned writers from the X Files, they're like the 
you know they're they're two of the biggest guys from the X Files. If you're if you were an X Files fan, you'd know those names. Is what I'm saying. Um, I'm sorry, they were. Yeah, no. Well, I am, and I just want to hold that over you. Um, they were later brought on board to help with the script, making alterations to comply with their standards. Um, I could easily see Final Destination being an X Files episode, but I also think it would have been ultimately hindered by the fact that it has to be like PG thirteen. Um, the violent deaths are kind of what make the movies so special. So I kind of yeah. understand that. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I, I do like it as a monster of the week episode of x files mm. i think that's that's quite but a at cool the idea. same time for it to work the Mulder and scully would have to be like ancillary to the plot they wouldn't have had to have they couldn't have death coming after them because then it's you know yeah. it's not it, it they wouldn't be able to get away and obviously although fun fact about x files is that scully is um, immortal technically in the canon they never like really say it out loud but scully becomes immortal in one episode and it's never taken away from her <laughs> so She's apparently immortal, so maybe that would defeat death. Um, that'd be kind of interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of those writers, Glenn Morgan, had this to say when conceptualising the story. The main thing they wanted about death coming to get people is that you never saw him. It was never a kind of Michael Myers figure. You never saw a killer, and they liked the idea and said, OK, go write it. Once we had a basic story, I started cataloguing the strange coincidences from my own life. For example, I was in the Vancouver airport waiting for a flight when John Denver came over the loudspeaker. John Denver? I remember saying to myself, <laughs> hey, he just died in a plane crash. That's a little weird. We wrote that version and of that experience. We wrote a version of that experience into the script. This, it's cool. It's a cool. It's it's a shame that none of these movies like cracked eighty percent because. <laughs> It's such a good idea, and if there was, like, a supreme version of this idea, I think it would be a lot more hallowed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's a real good idea, I think. Well, I think maybe if it came out, if the first one had come out, like, in the last couple of years and was, like, a Blumhouse movie, or mm. it came out in, like, the 80s, they'd do really yeah. well. But because the, two like, 2000s movies are so, like, mm. ugh, that, that's, that's considered, like, a, the dark days of cinema. Yeah, the dark days of horror. Where everything yeah. became dated immediately. Yeah. Um, within like five years, by by two thousand five, like futuristic like chrome clothes weren't cool anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> but- many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, something like Happy Death Day is like a real similar kind of, um, not only like plot or like premise, but also like the the tone they could have hit yeah, with it, yeah. and and, I yeah. reckon, and they did really well with critics, and yeah, no, really, if, huh. yeah, yeah, cool, it's a good movie. All right, so Richard, let's talk about some of the deaths. We're not going to go through all of them, but my first question for the deaths for you is: What was your favorite death? <sighs> Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay, so I thought the best death in the series is the laser eye surgery in Final Destination 5. 
um, because it fucking gives it to you. <laughs> like so, so with something like the um, like earlier in the film, there's a a a death that starts with um, what's it called when you get the pins pricked in you? Yeah? Acupuncture. Acupuncture. And so you immediately go, oh, I hate needles. Yuck. And then he dies when a statue falls on his head. So yeah, a but lot of you the time, do see the needles. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, they are followed through. They just don't yeah, kill them. Yeah. But a lot of the times Final Destination will be like, hey, here would be like there's a dentist one in the second film that he doesn't even get killed by in the end. It's like it teases you. It goes, hey, you hate dentists. Hey, you hate needles. Well, what if they died? Just kidding. They're not actually going to die this way. But the um, the laser eye surgery, her eye gets lasered off and then she like gets lasered on her hand and then she like manages to fight, get her way out of the seat and then she trips on the eye of a teddy bear that she was squeezing so hard the eye popped off and she slips and falls falls out the window and then falls to her death and her eye pops out as she dies. And I was like, that really like lived up to its promise of like, oh, I'm so uneasy about laser eye surgery. Oh, right. You know? Like, yeah, I but and also she dies from falling out a window. So it's not like, oh, for sure. Oh, but, she's going to die mean, from the laser, which is what, what your whole point leading up to that was like. <laughs> well, no, but it's okay. Sure. But it's still, she still gets attacked by it. Whereas the guy who got his hand stuck in a garbage disposal didn't get his hand yeah, but up. your your example of the acupuncture guy, he does still. Yeah, you know. that's a good point. But yeah. but still, I, I I guess I'm more scared of laser eye surgery than yeah, acupuncture. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorite deaths would probably be the at the two Ashes, Ashlyn and mm-hmm. Ashley in the tanning beds. Yeah, that's actually a great scene, and and like the fact that they're both called Ash as well, and they both end up yeah, burning yeah. to death is pretty funny. <laughs> That is actually considered by critics to be the epitome of Final Destination deaths. That's interesting because you told me that there was one considered the epitome and I was wondering what it was. And mm-hmm. because I was, I just finished watching the uh, Watch Mojo Top 10 yeah. and would I wrote them down if you want to yeah. talk about them. Just rattle them off. Tell me what they are. Okay, so number 10 was um, Evan in Final Destination 2. Um, How does now- he gets he gets the ladder through the eye. Yeah, ladder through the eye. So he that's the, the that's the garbage disposal one. Yeah. Um, number nine was Olivia with the LASIK in, um, in Final Destination oh, yeah. Five. Um, number eight yeah. was uh, Nora who gets decapitated by an elevator in Final Destination Two. Oh, that was so hard to watch, man. It's so scary. Um, number seven is. Um, Candace in Final Destination 5. And this this is the only one I'd seen before, which is the one that takes place at the gym. Mm-hmm. And this is one's like a masterclass in like tension. Yeah. <laughs> it's so well done. The, the amount of stuff it sets up just to have the dumbest death. Yeah. And she ends up falling off the bars and her body gets like contorted and she got, she's got she got bones sticking out. And it, I just and don't people think like, you would die that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't think you like, would fall with enough force to die that way. Yeah. Everyone goes, Candace, call 911. And it's like, <laughs> call the coroner. Like, um, For those who haven't seen that scene, the reason it's so um, tense is that a screw falls on the balancing beam and you watch someone <laughs> narrowly miss it with their bare foot a bunch of times before finally getting stabbed. Yeah, um, and then number six is Billy, which is Sean William Scott with the um, train. Like, there's a bit of shrapnel under a train, and so it's just yep. after they've saved someone's life, and there's a bit of shrapnel decapitates them. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is the two ashes in the tanning beds. Mm-hmm. Final Destination three. Number four is Ian McKinley in Final Destination three, who we think his death is skipped, and then he gets crushed by a falling cherry picker. 
Um, number three is the only one from The Final Destination, uh, which is um, Hunt, who gets his body sucked out of his butthole on a um, pool filter. Yeah. Which is real dumb. <laughs> um, but it's 3D! <laughs> number two is Erin in Final Destination 3, who gets... Um, she like falls back on a nail gun and the nail the nail gun's behind her, but you see the nail is coming through her face. But that was quite a good one. And number two, no, oh, the honorable mentions. Let's go through honorable mentions. You've got Samantha, who is the one you posted on Instagram, who gets the um, stone through her eye. You've yeah. got um, Todd, who gets the first death in Final Station 1. The teacher, who is like the most ridiculous death in the entire franchise, that <laughs> she like, it's she gets stabbed up. in the yeah. neck. And then, um, and then she like slips over, and then a knife falls on her chest, and then the house blows up. Anyway, <laughs> overkill. And then um, the guy that gets crushed, as he gets crushed at the gym by two weights. But number yeah. one is Tim from Final Destination Two, who is at the dentist, and a bunch of stuff is set up, and then he gets crushed by some falling glass. And I was like, "How is that the best yeah. one?" It's so whatever. Yeah, I, that's a yeah. weird. That's a weird number one. I I feel like I always thought in the first three, at least the first depicted death was always the worst in in the film. So when mm. Todd gets strangled by the clothesline in his bath, his eyes turn red, and I remember that terrifying me because yeah, I, that, I saw that, the that first one when I was like nine or ten, and that just. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then the the ladder to the eyes. I think the goriest one, but then the tanning bed one, as I said before, from Final Destination Three. Oh, that scarred me. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. One funny thing and- about that is we watched that as a family. We watched that scene and it was so horrific and then at the end we were looking through the special features on the dvd and i'll go into this more later but there is a special feature on the season on the third film's dvd called choose your choose their fate where you can actually like influence their decisions and have them die a different way and we started with that one and we just accidentally made it play out exactly as it does in the movie so the whole family (laughs) just watched the exact same horrific death scene that had just scarred us again (laughs) that's so funny there's also um because of that scene there's a really interesting tent trend in this franchise that it has like a bell curve of boobies yeah we've talked before about how previous horror franchises and their like relationship with sex and nudity and how they're often paired with the genre right um and its inclusion in Final Destination, as you say, it's a bell curve because, and I find it to be real funny. So in the first film, uh, there's a brief shot of boobage in a porno magazine. That's all you see. Uh, in the second film, a woman on the back of a motorbike flashes her boobs at, at, a, at someone for a sec- for a couple of seconds on the, on the highway. In the third film, two of the main girl characters get naked on screen for a whole scene. The fourth one has like a full-on topless sex scene in it, but the fifth one has zero nudity. But at the end of the film, it's revealed to be a prequel to the first film. So it's like the franchise continued to get like cockier with sex as they go along. But the fact there's no nudity in the prequel implies it's an in-universe reason. Like, like death slowly gets hornier as it goes on. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's like in, the, in, in, in Final Station 5 in, in the year 2000, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just kill these people. And then in the first film, he sees the, death sees the, the nudie mag and he's like, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> slowly as it progresses, it gets dirtier and dirtier. Mm. But yeah, I just like the fact that if you were to graph the amount of boobs in each film... It would be like this 
this nice curve because it's like zero two four two zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's it's an immediate drop if you go if you go in order of release, right? So it'd go like drop, which maybe maybe that reflects the suddenness in which characters get decapitated or impaled. <laughs> it's always like Bleh. um so yeah, that that's a real funny funny kind of thing that that we we both noticed and i think that's just it almost feels intentional it almost feels like stephen quayle included that in his film as another hint that it was a prequel (laughs) (laughs) um okay so when we did scream we talked about the rules that scream sets up with its with it being like a, a horror slasher sequel and stuff now, Final Destination is famous as well for having the rules of death or death's design. And I've written down, as far as I can tell, there's probably a, a page that compiles this better, but these, as far as I can tell, are the rules of death, uh, and then I'll follow that with the ways to cheat death, all right? Right. So the rules of death are as follows. Um, they're more or less simple in each film. Death will come to you in some way or another. However, if you are one of the lucky few who have a vision of your death beforehand, you do have the opportunity to save yourself and others. Uh, it's never really explained why the protagonists, Sam, Alex, Kimberly, Wendy, and Nick, are all blessed with premonitions. Um, Alex is given a brochure by a Hare Krishna in the, at the airport before the first one. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's like how we got the premonition but because we then find out the fifth film is a prequel it kind of throws that out because sam and the fifth film isn't prompted by any kind of spiritual guru or anything mm. um it could also be argued that it was death who gave the characters their premonitions and it was always his plan to have them escape and be picked off one by one but i don't know that, that doesn't quite work for me but you never find out where the premonitions come from which is something that i kind of maybe wanted to know or maybe it would have ruined it like the midichlorians um yeah i think if they tried to explain it in these films it would have mm, sure. because they would have they would have fucked it up yeah yeah um death can only manifest or interact with with physical space as either wind or puddles of water and i think maybe lightning in the first film um that these all these things seemingly move off their own accord um though death is quote unquote seen a couple of times as like amorphous shadows moving in the background in the film across like in the first one when but just before todd moves you see like a shadow move past him in the mirror um mm. uh, if you are not next on death's list you are physically unable to kill yourself this is shown in both the second and fourth films um one of the dudes in the in the second film tries to shoot himself in the head with a fully loaded gun. He shoots six times and none of the bullets come out. Um, and in the fourth film, another guy spends the whole day trying to kill himself but can't. <laughs> uh, death will follow the order of who died in the initial accident but escaped, except for in the second film where death works backwards through the list. As we said, each of the survivors of, in this film survived near-death experiences previously because of the survivors from the original film. So death is course-correcting in that one. Um, you are able to intercept death's arrival through additional premonitions, hallucinations, or noticing several coincidences, such as eerily appropriate songs playing, someone's name or like messages showing up in something you're reading, or in the case of the third film, the ominous clues and the photographs on the potential victims prior to the initial accident. So those are like the setups we are, we are given. They, these aren't the cheats yet, but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, um, there's only in the entire franchise, there's one time that something moves or does something in like an unnatural way. Like they all could just be insane coincidences, but after Todd's death in the first film, the water retreats. 
mm. as if to, as if death is saying, "Okay, I'm done. I'll go back to yeah, what yeah. I was doing." And it's the only time in the entire franchise that happens. And it's the first death, so <laughs> it's weird because well, that, that's the only one that like explicitly says like there is someone or something controlling this. The rest and, are just like it's just a coincidence. In Final Destination Two, the guy who gets blown up in the hospital, things just start happening in the in the hospital room, like the vents shut off and the 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 bed starts moving and it's not really explained how that happens yeah but even still like water can't it just go back on itself like that but yeah, vents yeah. can be shut yeah that's true <laughs> vents can be shut um yeah. all right so each film posits a new way to break death's design and survive i'll go through them then i'll say why most of them don't work <laughs> so the first film and feel free to jump in and correct me if, if you think i've misinterpreted because they don't i couldn't find like a list of them this is just how right. i've interpreted them um so the first film posits that you can if you can save the life of whoever is next on death's list death will skip them and move on to the next person the second film oh did you have anything to say you agree yeah yep the second film <laughs> posits that if new life can be created by someone who should have originally died, then this will break the chain for them and everyone in the list after them. So if I'm next and you're after me and I create new life, you're safe as well. Right. The third film is a little foggy, but it kind of implies that if you can trick death into killing someone who has already been skipped, this will break the chain because the fireworks go off and should kill Wendy, but she dodges them and they end up killing Ian, who was already skipped from earlier in the film. So, and that's yeah. what they say. Oh, okay. So death skipped us all now. Um, the fourth film retreads by having the fourth film's so bad, dude. The fourth film retreads <laughs> by having the characters just believe that saving whoever's next on the list will break the chain entirely. Which, like, I get they don't know the characters from the other films, so they could think that, but we know that. We know that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fifth film posits that murdering someone yourself who wasn't meant to die will mean that they take your place and you will be granted however many years they have left. Uh, which I thought was probably the most interesting additional rule that mm -hmm. I'm surprised it took them five films to get to. <laughs> so of these five cheats, three of them don't actually work. So in the first film, if death skips you, it'll just come back around and get you like after it goes through the cycle again. Um, and the third film, if you trick death into killing someone out of order, sometime later, death will once again, come back around. And of course, in the fourth film, saving someone doesn't, it just skips them. And then you're back to rule one. Um, of the two cheats that do work, uh, the fifth film's technique of murdering someone and taking their life often backfires. Um, Sam kills Peter, who's trying to kill Molly to take her life. But then Sam and Molly both later, later die on Flight 180, which is completely separate to him. He doesn't have a premonition of Flight 180. It's not his, you know, so he just happens to be there. Um, and it also takes the life of Molly, who never originally died and was only going to Paris because he invited her. Um, and Nathan who, as we said before, accidentally kills one of his co-workers early in the film, is then murdered, like killed by falling debris after finding out that the co-worker had a brain tumour. Um, so this could either mean that if you claim someone else's life, death will still like find a way to put you in harm's way, or these characters were just unlucky, or because death isn't a... a is it like an external force? It's both. <laughs> death is being unlucky. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. so the only definitive way to cheat death as far as we are shown is creating new life from the second film um, so the characters originally believe that this means they have to um, save a doomed pregnant woman and have her give birth um, 
that the technique that actually works is Kimberly drowning herself and then being resuscitated. Across the five films, Kimberly and Officer Burke are the only two characters who escape death and seemingly live happily ever after. Uh, Officer Burke, I thought this was really funny. Officer Burke has also has the distinction of being the only seemingly doomed character in the whole franchise who is actually invincible the, the entire time because <laughs> he's last on the list. Um, so the only time he could have died is in between when Kimberly died and was resuscitated and they don't even play with that. He, she just gets resuscitated and he's fine. So yeah. at no point, the, you only see him die once when the log comes, comes through the, um, his windscreen, the famous scene for Final Destination 2 on the, on the onslaught. So those on the onslaught, on the, on the on-ramp. Um, so those are the only two characters. It is an onslaught on the on-ramp. There you go. Um, those are the only two <laughs> characters who survive there. Death's Design or so I thought, Richard. For you see, Kimberly and Burke's fates have really slipped through the cracks of the Final Destination canon. The writers have been trying to kill these characters, but, <laughs> like, coincidences keep coming back. And so maybe they're, they're like, their destiny is to live in, on, you know? Yeah. Maybe there's so an external the- force. Yeah, yeah. Apparently the end of the third film originally had Kimberly and Burke show up on the subway as well, and it would reveal that Kimberly was Wendy's cousin, which I don't really know why they would... I guess so they know each other um, before they all get killed. But the actors weren't available, so the two Hmm. live on. Or do they? Because... That would have been a cool ending. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Um, It should be noted that Kimberly and Burke's deaths are featured in a newspaper clipping in the Choose Their Fate special features from... Final Destination 3, as I was talking about before, where you choose different ways that the characters can die. Uh, It says in this newspaper clipping that they both got sucked into a wood chipper. But because this special feature is specifically about watching alternate realities in which characters die in different ways than seen in the film, and the newspaper story apparently features a lot of like inaccuracies and mistakes about the characters' names and the timeline, and also that a similar death is described in a newspaper article in the Final Destination about two different characters... Fans of the series consider these deaths non-canon. Well, yeah, they just they just aren't canon. Yeah, or at least the one very angry fan who wrote the Final Destination wiki article, who was pretty much grasping at straws to keep Kimberly and Burke alive, because he's like, this has to mean you know how wikis are written real poorly. Like this is like yeah, I'd say yeah. There's there's no argument to be made that that is canon. Yeah. I want to believe they're alive because, as critics point out, the sucky thing about the series is that it gets pointless if there's no no way to actually defeat death. Um, so yeah. I want to believe that that's actually the key and that we see it in the second of five films and then no one attempts it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. And here it comes, guys. Final Destination... All right. Final Destination is the inception of why i'm obsessed with titles this is why this is the origin um so the double hitter that is the final destination and the following final destination five um of course there was there's no in my opinion anyway there's no film called final destination four so you can't you can't call the next one final destination five in my opinion um but they should have just called the Final Destination Final Destination 4 because putting the in front of your film's title is lazy and confusing. <laughs> you know? It's like the Xbox One. <laughs> it's, you call it something that differentiates it from the first like film or console. Um, yeah. And so for casual filmgoers who aren't as constantly aware of this, is you know, you could see the Final Destination and think it's the first one. 
And why would you want to do that in your with your series? Yeah. Um, it's it's also the film like in no way evokes a sense of finality for the series, so it doesn't even yeah. deserve to be touted as the final destination film, the final yeah. final destination film. <laughs> if if Final Destination Five had been called the Final Destination, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um. So whatever, whatever you want to call the fourth film, the Final Destination, you can't call the next one Final Destination Five because there's no Final Destination Four. I honestly would have pref- this isn't a good title preface. I honestly would have preferred the Final Destination Two. <laughs> like that right to me fits better. Um, or yeah. Final Destinations, or even a Final Destination. Whatever, right, yeah. just don't call it five. It's it or like just, or, or just like Final Destination. Um, you know, semicolon course correction. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I do, um, I do also want to point out that if you include Freddie and Jason as two separate franchises, this is the third franchise we've done that features a film which has the final in one of the titles, which isn't the last one in the series. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. This, um, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter is the fourth one, and Freddie's Dead: The Final Nightmare is yeah. the seventh of yeah. ten i think seventh um, of nine someone on imdb or one of the wikis pointed out that technically because final Destination five is a prequel the final destination is the final story in the series so far but first of all knowing that spoils the twist ending of final destination five and <laughs> that would also mean final destination five should be called final destination four yeah they should have called it final destination one <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of um, um so that's that's the, the spiel the, the to end all spiels about finals uh, about titles but yeah do you want to um mention as well that originally final destination five was announced as being called five nil destination that's like right. numeral five nal destination yeah. and if you write that down it just looks like it says anal destination <laughs> and then the next one would have been called like anal six um yeah but you did say you did and i've been looking forward to this all week you said that you've got a big rant about titles that doesn't even go into the fact that Mm. of the numbering so i would love to hear that if you've got that ready for me uh first one cool small tidbit the third film was apparently originally titled cheating death final destination three which is fucking dumb because cheating death isn't the only final like final destination three isn't the only film where they cheat death so that wouldn't yeah. work to me. Um, so all this being said, I think we can both agree that Final Destination is a pretty dope title for the first film. Oh, okay, yeah, good. I thought you were going to shit on it, and no, I was no. like, oh, I'm ready to bloody yeah. come back. No, it's and, got a, it's got a, just an awesome good. double meaning. I couldn't imagine a better title. Yeah, I didn't even realize the double meaning until I saw it in the in the original film. And if you're wondering, the double meaning is on their flight. They've you know when you're flying somewhere and you've got connecting flights on your ticket. It says Final Destination Paris. Yeah. And that's if you're flying to Paris. If you're flying to, say, London, it would say Final Destination London. Yeah. Um, so, did you know, though, Richard, that back when the first film was an episode of The X-Files, the script mm-hmm. they originally wrote was titled Flight 180. Um, and I thought, first, Final Destination is the best thing they could have called it. So this isn't AJ comes up with a better title. But I did think it would be a fun exercise to workshop what the rest of the series would be called if the first one was Flight 180. So here are my, here's my pitches, all right? Yeah, Flight 181. <laughs> so the first one's Flight 180. The second one, Highway 180 or Route 180. 
So we stick oh, with yeah. the 180 theme. The third one, degree 180, because it's a roller coaster, so you go 180 degrees in the air. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> you would have to play it up a bit more. You'd have to be like, this is why it's called degree 180. Um, <laughs> the fourth one, because it's a because it's a um, racetrack, Formula 180. Nice. <laughs> um, or door 180, stadium 180. The, the area they're actually in is called area 180 in the actual film. Yeah. Um, and the fu- yeah. yeah, yeah. The fifth one was the hardest one to figure out. I put either suspension 180 or summit 180. So either they pushed the idea that the bridge is called suspension bridge 180. I don't know if that even that's even how you label bridges or summit <laughs> 180 because the the business trip they're going on maybe they could have marketed it as being like summit 180 where we're going to turn your business practices around. Like if you played up that, then it's like their fateful business trip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Any yeah. thoughts on them? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, they're they're, they're not good. No, <laughs> this this is like if they were if because I feel like Flight One Eighty would be a good name for an episode of the X Files. That would that would be this episode, yeah. and then maybe if they were like, "Fuck, that was the best episode they've ever made," and then they wanted to do a sequel to it, you know, Route One Eighty. Yeah, but no, I don't exactly. think th- these wouldn't work as movie titles. No, agreed. But, you know, it's just interesting, you know, like, where would it have gone? Because I think Highway 180 is, a, is, the, is the only worthy um, yeah. <laughs> sequel, sequel title. Yeah, or R- Route 180 or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, the, the, the Speedway one as well, you could easily have 180 on one of the cars, but I'm not sure exactly what you'd call the film. Vehicle 180. Yeah. Kilometre kilometer 180, and on the 180th kilometre, that's when the everything goes wrong. <laughs> well, lap, lap 180. Yeah. Um, Indianapolis 180. <laughs> the world's fastest Indian 180. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, so now we're going to d- dive right in, Richard, to continue the franchise. This, of course, being our um, flagship segment on the show where we pitch a sequel or a continuation of the franchise in some way. Um, while there are plans for a Final Destination 6 floating around the internet, nothing has really moved on that front since the release of the fifth film. Um, in early 2011, Tony Todd, who plays the mortician, um, said that if Final Destination 5 was a, was a success at the box office, then two sequels would be filmed back-to-back. I don't really know why those movies need to be back-to-back, but whatever. Um, mm. And on August By 23rd... reasons, I guess. Yeah. On August 23rd, 2011, when asked whether he would be returning to direct a sequel, Stephen Quayle said, who knows? Never say never. I mean, it'll be up to the fans. We'll see how this one performs internationally, and if it makes as much money as the fourth one, I'm sure Warner Bros. will want to make another one. Interesting then that he had the most critically revered one, and then, you know, we've never had one since. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just due to the sense of finality about it. Yeah, yeah. And the, the destination it was heading in. Yeah. <laughs> so beyond the films, though, you can consume more Final Destination, if you so wish, in the form of novelizations of the first three films, as well as six original novels, one graphic novel, and a five-issue comic book series, all of which looked actually pretty interesting. And they all feature original stories and original characters and crazy deaths and additional rules. So I think if we can find them, that would be a really good one for film franchise follow-ups. Later on, which you can find on our Patreon for five dollars a month. Yeah, so 
in a film franchise Fortnite's first, I've actually already produced a continue the franchise of sorts for the, for, the, for our franchise of the week. When okay. I was um, 13 or 14, I made a little cartoon. It's on YouTube if you want to find it. It's real bad. Uh, called Final Testy Nation. And instead of deaths, it's getting hit in the nuts. And it's, the, it's the same setup, but instead of death, it's getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> so, like, Is this an episode of your cartoon? Yeah, it was. So, like... Um, one character like has a shower and as he gets out of the shower he slips on the bath mat and like nutses himself on the on the rim in the middle of the bath and like um one character is in is in woodwork and someone puts a a um a box down on a on a file which is like suspended like a seesaw and it flips something else up onto a shelf which knocks over a um tool bo- toolbox onto a belt sander which flies it into directly into someone's nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know I've already done it, but that's not what I'm pitching today because when it comes to pitching our own sequels, we're both the same. I came up with ideas all fucking week, dude. <laughs> like I kept thinking like, oh, what about this? What about this? Because the thing about Final Destination is each film is kind of the same setup and setting. So tinkering with that format at all can produce really interesting results. Like you think about setting one in the 1800s or setting one in a different country or setting one in a retirement home and it's a bunch of tired old people chasing death around running into Rube Goldberg machines because they're done with life, but still not dying because it's not their time to go. Um, but let's start with you. What is your continue the franchise? Okay, well, I mean, yeah, I had set, set one in like the 1800s. Yeah. Because I've got like three ideas. So, yeah, one is just like, yeah, like just set it in a completely different time period. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if, you know, you, you go turn of the century, yeah. set it in like the old west, set it, you know, middle ages. Mm-hmm. Whatever, like, you know, there's quite a lot of, because you, you can't just copy paste it anywhere. The other thing I had is uh, that you can make quite a good game out of these, like a, a even like totally. a point and click game yeah, um, yeah. where you have, you could either play like as, de- like even like a um, an in-browser flash game where you have to, you're playing as death setting up these yeah, elaborate yeah. Rube Goldberg machines um, for, for someone, or you could play like, you know, you go through and you're trying to identify them or you're trying to set them up or you're trying to, like, set them off or whatever. But I think it's probably more fun if you're playing as death. Yeah, yeah. Um, But my sort of main idea that I, I'm kind of interested in, and I think this would probably work best as, uh, like, a novel or even, like, an anime or a manga, mm. um, which is, like, a first for in terms of the medium. <laughs> Bad <But> anime. <laughs> because I, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but... I'm fascinated by because death is like so obviously a character in these films, but I'd love to see who it is that's giving them the premonitions mm-hmm. because it, presumably there's some like opposing force to death. You you posited that it could be death himself. Um, mm. You know, this part of his plan is part of his game. But I mean, like if you're a fan of Death Note, you know, it could be like two Shinigami that are working against each other. Mm-hmm. Um because they are like almost kind of death notey yeah. sort of things, and it's, it's you know you could imagine that it's like a Shinigami that's gotten his death note. If you if you if you watch Death Note, it's going to make not making sense. Um, Shinigami are like are basically Grim Reapers, and yeah. the death note is you can write a name in it, and the person will die, or and you can write how they'll die as well. So, so like imagine like a Shinigami or a Grim Reaper is fucked up and let a bunch of people live by accident and now he's like 
got to <laughs> course correct, but in the yeah. most like ridiculous way, so they That's still look like really they could be funny. accidents. Like the the unseen force behind all movies is actually like the Chris Farley of Grim Reapers. He's just yeah, screwed yeah. up and he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, like yeah, it's his first day on the job, and yeah, but or, or uh, you know, you can take it more seriously, and it's these two opposing forces. And this is yeah, I think this would probably work better as a novel rather than it would just be too ridiculous to film. But um, yeah, really have those two forces and maybe they could be played the the one wanting them to die could be played by jason Priestley, and the one who is trying to is giving them the premonitions is played by eliza dishku if the, this is if you were to make a movie out of it and essentially you've got true calling hmm. well the mortician tony todd's mortician in the films is like definitely supposed implied to be some kind of in the know character mm, i mean so, maybe he's the one giving the premonitions and yeah, maybe yeah. you could explore that hmm cool cool that's a really cool idea i really like that um shall i do my one now no I'll, i think we should just cut it there <laughs> um so after coming up with all these different ideas i eventually settled i was like no i to me the most interesting thing or at least the thing we haven't seen a pa- expanded on much across the series is the cast of characters so it's usually it's either high school students or total strangers the fifth one's like an office like co-workers um but my sequel would be to see us visiting the set of a film star a film a set of a film which stars an ensemble cast um so a-list actors would appear in the film playing themselves and due to a freak accident on set all the actors are killed but it turns out it's only like Kate Blanchett's premonition or something and she saves everyone um the usual format for the final station films plays out but one fun twist all the actors are now working on separate projects and so their deaths each take place on different film sets within their different different genres and Richard I've written them all down and would you like to hear my deaths (laughs) all right so the first one um Jennifer Lawrence is electrocuted by a faulty fog machine on the set of a horror film um, Kira Knightley drowns during the filming of a rom-com climax where her character dives into a duck pond to chase after her eccentric lover. Um, Will Smith explodes during a dangerous scene for his latest action film after he's mistaken for his own stunt double and winds up in the car that his character is supposed to jump out of before it crashes into a wall. Um Sigourney Weaver gets rolled up and suffocates in a green screen after it accidentally gets caught in the winding chain of a camera crane on the set of a sci-fi film. Um, Sean Bean is stabbed through the heart on the set of a medieval war film after the trick sword was mistaken to be by was after the trick sword was mistaken by one of the real swords with one of the real swords brought onto set at the request of the prop department as a reference so they pick up the real the real like sword instead of the the prop sword the trick sword yeah um Jackie Chan is performing a stunt on the set of his next Kung Fu movie, um, but unfortunately a loose screw in the rig of a Steadicam operator causes the Steadicam to knock the camera into one of the tripods, which falls over onto the boom operator, who drops his boom pole onto a teetering pile of new script drafts, which fall over, knocking an ornamental orb which served as the film's MacGuffin, and that orb rolls along the floor into the path of Jackie Chan after he completes a bad wall run he slips on it and falls off the high-rise set onto the craft table impaling himself on the toothpicks and the sandwiches um <laughs> i've got 
I've got two, Mood. three more. Um, Jared Leto's face is melted off after the sulfuric acid that he brought onto the set of James Gunn's Suicide Squad 2 to freak out his co-stars with is accidentally knocked into his white Joker makeup before it is applied to his face. Um, and, of course, a strap breaks in the centimetre-accurate rig on the set of the new Mission Impossible film, and Tom Cruise takes a knife directly through his eyeball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the film ends with Kate Blanchett, who thinks she's beaten death, getting run over by a bus which is advertising her next film. After this, we hear cut and we zoom out of the movie set and see Kate get up from her stunt and brush herself off. And the director of the actual film, so say it's Stephen Quayle, right? He's he's there and he's like, cut. And he was like, great job, everybody. Let's let's bring it in. And everyone comes in for like a group hug and a pep talk. But while this is going on, a helicopter crashes into the Hollywood sign, dismantling the giant H, which tumbles down the hill and crushes the entire cast and crew of the film. That's one, of, that's one of the dumbest things you've ever said. <laughs> what do you mean? It's so like, it, it feels like a robot chicken sketch. Yeah, of course. It's not, I'm not taking this seriously. Um, I feel like oh, you, you, miss- you absolutely killed my buzz then, dude. I was like <laughs> 3.22 in the morning. I was like, hell yeah, this is dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised you came up with it at 3.22 in the morning. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think you missed a golden opportunity because every Final Destination film, correct me if I'm wrong, but every film has at least one death um, being avoided. And you've got Sean Bean in your film. You should have had his, like, he narrowly avoids his death. (laughs) So, like, all these A-listers die except for Sean Bean. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, I'll 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 change that into the script. Um, But that's 322. Yeah, I I don't really have it. I thought maybe it could be called Final Destination, the movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that another way, another way to do that would that would be cool is if you set it in like, um, you know, two thousand, like set it in the year two thousand again or whatever. But you, and you have all these people, you recreate like all of their most famous roles and how they could have died mm. filming their most famous role. Yeah, yeah, that's. But cool. I guess I guess you know you'd have obvious homages like. Sigourney Weaver's new sci-fi film is just obviously Alien. Yeah, exactly. But you that know, was, you don't that was what I was it. going for. Yeah. Um. Cool. Cool. Well, Richard, that's about it. That's wow. all I've written down. That was wow. nine and a half pages of mm. Google Doc. I thought it was going to take you nine and a half weeks. Mm. Not this movie. time. I know. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess that's final destination for you. Thank you very much if you listen to this whole thing. Um, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while now called Franchise Roulette, where we randomly select our next franchise using a random number generator and a list we've created. Haven't done this in a while. Um, yes, yeah, this, this episode while. itself, Yeah, this episode itself was actually a Patreon suggestion. Um, so if you pay only a dollar to our Patreon, patreon.com slash copopsha, you too can suggest and vote for franchises. Um, so before we get into franchise roulette i just want to say that if you liked this podcast then feel free to support cold popshire by finding us on uh youtube and facebook and instagram and twitter and soundcloud and itunes you can follow like and subscribe to us on all those things um and you can also email us at cold at gmail.com and please remember to tell your friends about this podcast and hashtag spread the cult spread that cult all right baby I'll, have you got the franchise list up? 
I have not. I will find it. And I will be able to say it this time. Oh, yeah, actually, I'll better get the uh, rand, rand numb gen up. <laughs> um, what are you hoping for, AJ? Uh, I'm always hoping we're eventually going to, one day, one day we'll land on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, <laughs> the trilogy. <laughs> How many films are on there now? How many um, franchises do I mean? There are 294 franchises. Um, yeah, I... I hope we get something that doesn't have everyone dying in it. Yeah, I would love just a happy, like a kids franchise. Well, maybe yeah. not. Well, those are yeah. real bad as well. Something in the, in the middle. One hundred ninety-three. <laughs> okay, I'll go one hundred ninety-three. All right, one hundred ninety-three is a two-film franchise. Okay. Okay. Um, any guesses as to what it's going to be? Um. With no Bambi. hints. It's not Bambi. It's live action. Uh, a lot of people die. <laughs> that, <laughs> Are you serious? The, yeah, yeah, but it's not a horror movie. Uh, Look, what, what all era? I can say to you, Richard, is that watching this franchise is going to be madness. Madness? Yes. Oh, cool. No, not madness. I gotta sit back for this. This is Sparta. We're watching the two three hundred films next for <laughs> next oh, fortnight. So it? that is three hundred directed by Zack Snyder, old Zacky Snides, and um, three hundred Rise of an Empire. <laughs> what's the? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what's good. Yeah, that's cool. There we go. So tune in next fortnight for the two three hundred films. Um, and after this is posted, we'll also be posting on the Patreon for all our patrons the vote for the next franchise after three hundred list. We'll give it a bit so people can listen to this episode before we spoil it for our patrons by being like, "This is what's next." So be looking out for that, and feel free to don't just donate a dollar. Fuck, that's so lit. I would do that if I wasn't. If it wouldn't be cheating the system, I'd donate a dollar. Um, well, besides, we can already comment and vote without having yeah, to pay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, now, we just got to go about our weeks, Richard, and notice all the things that happen, like when the wind blows over something. Or I was in the shower yesterday and knocked the loofah, which knocked the soap off the, like, the shelf and fell onto the floor, and I like stared at it, and I was like... I'm going to stand on this and like impale my, my eye on one of the prongs from the shelf. Um, Actually, do you know what? I just remember my favorite death. <laughs> oh, what was it? Um, so they're, it's in the second one, I think. They're in a car crash um, and all the, these like poles come through the back of the car and all everyone apart from the driver gets out of the car all good um but like there's this jagged bit of pole that's like just missed her head and they're like oh phew like just missed but she's like now trapped in the car and they have to get the jaws of life to get her out and they're all like oh she's gonna get out it's gonna be fine and then like she she pisses off the guy that's opening it and then they get into like a bit of a like oh you know and then um the car gets like hit and the <laughs> the airbag goes off and forces her head back into the pole and <laughs> she dies and that was so funny that was like the ultimate like that oh my gosh yeah we cheated death we're still alive and then just like uh mm. 
Well, there you have it, guys. That's Richard Martin's favourite death in the Final Destination series. And with that, I bid you adieu. Go, be safe out there, you know? And with that, Tie I bid you a mountain dew. <laughs> Very good. All right, goodbye, everybody. All right, bye. Bye.